0: This is the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy. Episode 12 COVID 19 testing. Is it a waste of money? That startling and provocative question was probably asked by every president and prime minister when their health ministers first proposed widespread COVID 19 case testing as the pandemic first began to take hold in February and March of this year. Of course, viewed from the perspective of the unfolding pandemic, the answer to the question was, of course it wasn't a waste of money. They should have done more of it and more often than they did. However, in the context of six, eight weeks ago, uh, the, the cost and the logistics of widespread COVID-19 testing was not a given, but that question has now been answered. And in today's podcast, we're going to look at the approach that three different countries have taken to COVID-19 testing, earlier, later, testing to get us back to normal, testing to create a baseline of who has immunity, who doesn't have immunity. The data from the data, which is generated by mass testing is going to help us defeat this pandemic and COVID-19. Let's come back to the three countries that we will focus on and their approach in this podcast. They are Germany, the United Kingdom and the United States. Germany began its testing regime quite early. It was in late January, early February. And through April 4th, the 132 diagnostic labs across Germany have done an average of 116,655 nasal swabs every day for a total of 1.3 million tests through April 4th. In contrast, as of April 10th, the United Kingdom had done a total of 316,836 tests with a, a population of 67 million people. Germany has a population of 83 million people. Germany's regime, Germany's philosophy was, if you test a lot of people, of course, you will test some healthy people also who are asymptomatic. And statistically, your death rate, when you include a lot of people in the calculation who were healthy, your death rate will appear lower. The United States during the same period has done a total of 2,624 test. And we are in the process of ramping up that test rate very significantly. But the German approach started early and it gave a chance early on before mass infections had taken hold. It gave a chance to trace anyone who had been in contact with a positive patient. Also, Germany began isolation of both positive patients and people that positive patients had come in contact with, Germany began that isolation earlier than the UK, and it was at the beginning of the second week of March. And as a result, Germany is beginning to flatten their curve, and they have slowed their rate of infection. Now, let's keep. Let's just take a look at the population of the three countries that were Studying today, Germany has a population of 83 million, the United Kingdom has a population of 67 million, and the United States has a population of 328 million. As of April 10th, Germany had a total of 113,525 COVID-19 cases and 2,373 deaths. The United Kingdom, in contrast, had 84,279 cases. Of course, they haven't tested as many people, but they had a total of 84,279 confirmed COVID-19 cases. However, they had a total of 10,612 deaths, almost five times the fatality rate of Germany. The United States during that period had a total of 561,000 COVID-19 cases for a total of 22,106 deaths. And let's just add in here uh, the California and San Francisco statistics. California has a total of 21,794 COVID-19 cases and 651 deaths. And San Francisco has 872 COVID-19 cases with a total of 14 deaths. Now, Germany, with a population of 83 million, with 113,000 cases and 2,300 deaths, has done remarkably well. Why is that? What are the reasons for Germany's success? And what are the best practices that we can all learn from from Germany's handling of the COVID 19? Pandemic? Well, first of all, the German pharmaceutical industry and their lab testing industry is very large, very robust, very well established. Thanks in large part to Roche, which is one of the largest diagnostic companies in the world. Now, Roche is a Swiss company, but they are very strongly established in Germany. So that's number one. Um, Number two, Germany's health spending per capita is 11.1 percent of GDP. So, Germany spends 11.1 percent of GDP on health care. The United Kingdom spends 9.7 percent on health care, and the EU average is 9.9 percent. So, Germany spends almost one and a half percent more of its GDP on healthcare, and Britain spends just a shade less than the European average on healthcare. Again, an important statistic when you're looking at the cost of a nationwide testing regime. There are more financial resources and more budget resources that Germany is able to throw at the problem than the the United Kingdom has. Now, the United Kingdom only decided to significantly ramp up testing on April 2nd. We are now April 13th. So in the 11 days since the the UK government made that decision to ramp up testing, um, there should have been a significant increase. There will continue to be a significant increase in their testing results. But you have to remember that the UK diagnostic industry is a shadow of what Germany has. And effectively, what the UK is having to do at this point is to build and build out a very large, robust, nationwide diagnostic laboratory industry, which they don't really have and they're doing it under wartime battlefield conditions, which is very, very tough, but I'm sure they will rise to the occasion and they will be able to test as many people as are necessary. Um, Another point of contrast here, South Korea with a population of about 66 million people has also had a very successful mass testing regime and they have kept their fatality numbers quite low. And again, South Korea has emphasized the mantra of trace, test, and treat as the basis of their approach to testing. Now, another reason for differences in the testing regimes between the three countries, Germany, UK, and the United States, are the different platforms for testing. The platform that we are most familiar with is the nasal swab. Um, the nasal swab takes a, first of all, it's a somewhat invasive procedure. Secondly, it takes up to a week or longer to get results of the nasal swab. Um, and there are reports of many new, faster diagnostic technologies coming on stream but they are only just beginning to come on stream. The FDA on March 27th cleared Abbott Labs to, uh, on an emergency basis to use their device called the ID-NOW, which is a device to, um, to test for COVID-19 antibodies. And essentially the machine is about the size of a toaster it weighs 6.6 pounds. Uh, it uses a finger prick blood test. And it's a very fast diagnostic machine. Positive cases of COVID-19 can be can be tested in five minutes. Negative cases of COVID-19, which are very important also, we need to know who is negative and who is positive. Negative cases of COVID-19 take up to 13 minutes for the machine to process. The uh, beauty of the of that machine is that it is small, it is portable, uh, it will be installed. And of course, Abbott at this point is ramping up production with thousands of units due to come on stream at least here in the United States during the month of April and Abbott is looking to administer about 5 million of these tests using that technology by the end of April a very ambitious but according to Abbott attainable goal again the device itself is small it's portable It can be installed in pharmacies, urgent care facilities, doctor's offices, or any other location where testing can be administered. Again, coming back to comparative analysis, country to country, the German COVID-19 strategy has been to suppress the virus. So it's a strategy of suppression to keep the virus suppressed for as long as possible. Germany's death rate is approximately 1.5% of COVID-19 cases. Now that compares very favorably to a 12% death rate in Italy and a 9.5% death rate in Spain. These are published death rates, but let me just clarify a point for you. Um, There is not a standard definition, as far as I can tell, for determining who dies or doesn't die of COVID-19. For instance, many of the cases in Italy and Spain are very elderly people with underlying conditions who actually died of the underlying condition The underlying condition may have spawned a massive heart attack or a massive stroke or they may have died of pneumonia and they died with COVID-19 but not because of COVID-19. Until we get a standard definition of how to define death statistics, I think these comparative statistics from country to country are going to be somewhat misleading. Germany's current test rate of 116,000 nasal swabs per day would take approximately two years to test all 83 million people in Germany. However, technology, new technology such as the Abbott machine will probably speed up that test rate in Germany uh, and elsewhere. An interesting footnote in Germany, a a small town called Gangelt on the Dutch border um, had a cluster of COVID-19 cases. Uh, About 14% of the population of the town is now infected or uh, is now infected with COVID-19. This stemmed from um, carnival gatherings around Mardi Gras in late February. And of course, as we all know, mass public gatherings uh, we're even going on into late February and a perfect environment to transmit the, uh, the virus. The reason I bring up Gangelt is that um, it's a somewhat isolated town. The, as the regional infection rate, the regional infection rate does matter. And the larger an infection rate is in a small town or region, Uh, the less infection and pain may lie ahead. Eventually, when infection rates reach 50 to 75 percent, in other words, the people of the region have a 50 to 75 percent immunity and antibodies against the COVID-19 virus, then some herd immunity will have been established. So we will be watching the results in the little town of Gangelt on the Dutch border, to see whether the herd immunity concept does in fact apply. Coming back to widespread testing here in the United States, of course, here in San Francisco, we enter our fifth week on lockdown tomorrow, Tuesday, April 14th. We here in San Francisco, throughout California, elsewhere in the United States, we are eager to return to normal. We're also eager to stay healthy. So we walk a very fine line. It's a tightrope between staying healthy, social distancing, isolating ourselves, but the need to get back to normal and especially for the economy to get back to normal. In that regard, Stanford Medicine is in the process of conducting serology tests and surveys throughout California. Uh, Their initial testing is to screen doctors, nurses, and other critical healthcare workers, essential workers for COVID-19 antibodies to determine who has or has not had immunity and essentially to give them the green light, if you will, to go back to work, to get back to normal and without fear of contracting the COVID-19 virus when they do go back to work so that about wraps up our comparative analysis of the german approach the uk approach and the us approach to testing technology and particularly the technology that i cited of the Abbott uh, id now device will be a great boon there will be other diagnostic technologies that come out of silicon valley Which will speed up the process of diagnosis and antibody diagnosis. So technology is going to be a uh, is going to help us defeat COVID-19 by diagnostics and analysis for all of us. I'd like to cite my sources for today's podcast, and they include the BBC. Bloomberg News, CNBC, Deutsche Welle, the MIT Tech Review, and Abbott Labs ID Now device materials. This is Jim Herlihy signing off for the San Francisco Experience from America's favorite city, San Francisco.